Are you challenged by how much you are bringing to all the people and all the things? And are you sometimes struggling to find a way to feel completely guilt-free about doing something joyful that's just for you? We are unpacking all of that on the Lotox Life podcast today. Welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I am Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 347. I have the wonderful Robin Rosenfeld joining me back from Pip Magazine. She is the uh, founding editor and publisher of Pip Magazine, which is a gorgeous mag that helps people uh, with all of their goals around uh, living a life more sustainable, growing food, decluttering, uh, connecting to the planet in more meaningful ways in terms of our role in it. Uh, And the articles are just filled with ideas and inspiration about living a more earth-friendly life. Robin and I have caught up on the show before and we're friends. We've caught up a couple of times outside of work uh, and something that we... uh, were talking about recently uh, that Robin said this would make a really good show was unpacking the pull towards being all things for all people but also as you get older especially realizing how important it is to do stuff that's just for you that just makes you light up and filled with joy so that you can actually give what you want to show up and give for all the people and all the things. And we talk about uh, letting go of perfection when it comes to doing enough for people or being present uh, or getting great meals cooked. And I was so delighted because Pip Magazine often makes me feel, and and I don't mean this, and Robin's going to listen to this and think, oh no, I don't want to make anyone feel guilty. But I often think, oh gosh, I'm I'm not raising chickens or uh, my balcony garden's gone to shit. And (laughs) I'm only growing a few herbs or I've only got my worm farm. It's not enough. And, um, and we can, we actually both talk about, uh, those moments that we all feel where you catch yourself feeling guilty that you're not enough in different areas as well. Maybe you're feeling guilty because you're not cooking home scratch meals every night. Uh, and Robin shares one of her favorite default meals that made me kind of go, oh, that makes me feel so much better about my son and I deciding to start Fur Fridays with the fur place down the road who does the most gorgeous Vietnamese soups and and my husband works late on Friday evenings and I just decided I'm taking a load off and that is a takeaway night where my son and I are going to de-stress, chill and enjoy each other's company while he still enjoys my company and make it a really fun, uh, fuss-free evening. So we, we kind of we divulge a few uh, ahas, a few things that we've um, felt guilty around, and we're really unpacking how we can be a lot kinder to ourselves and reflecting on some of the things that bring us joy 
uh, that we shouldn't negotiate on and that we shouldn't feel guilty about. And I actually share a past competition I ran for a wonderful coffee partner of ours, Republica Coffee, who've, um, who we've done some work with in the past and whose founder is a dear friend of mine. And I talk actually about some of the answers that the 400 women who entered the competition gave and what I noticed about the language women were using around enjoying their coffee. So today's show is an invitation to reflect. It is, I would say, more geared towards women, uh, especially if you are feeling pulled in all the directions. But of course, that could be our wonderful uh, men and people who identify somewhere in between those two things who listen to the show every week, because I think all humans can go through different phases in our life where we just feel pulled to the edge of our capacity and something's got to give and we don't want it to get to crisis points before we change things and tug around at different levers and pull back in places and push forward in others. And then, of course, there are gung-ho times where you have to go for it and then times that you would be better off cocooning and nurturing and nourishing Uh, when things are quieter. So it's a really beautiful conversation. I'm really glad we've had it on the show and I cannot wait to hear any ahas that come from you. Please let me know. I love it when someone tags me at Lotox Life on Instagram and shares the show and maybe a comment on what you felt or what it brought up for you uh, because we all need to be having these conversations more uh, and, and, being really honest about how you cannot have and be and do it all, all the time. That is not sustainable, certainly not regenerative if we're going to be moving towards a more regenerative way of living. And so it's uh, a real pleasure to have brought it to the show. Now it is a new month and with a new month means we have a wonderful new couple of sponsors joining us that help me put this show on every single week. You of course still have the wonderful major sponsor Oz Climate giving you 10% off their already discounted dehumidifiers and Winix air purifiers with the code LOTOXLIFE. That one's just for the Aussies and uh, you can also phone and ask about your house size, room size, when you're deciding on units uh, that are going to work best for your space. Uh, For example, you don't want to get a little compact 16-litre dehumidifier if you have a combined living, dining, kitchen space. That is not going to cut the mustard if you live in a humid climate or if you're prone to big uh, rainy seasons, uh, just as an example. So uh, I am a huge fan of these products. You hear me rabbit on about them every single week. And I really encourage you to check out the website, uh, whether you live uh, regionally, whether you live in an urban environment, air purification can be a really powerful support if you have people with allergies in the home, live near pollution uh, or near crop spraying, uh, which is an unfortunate continuing reality in the world today. So that is our major sponsor, 10% off code LOTOXLIFE, ozclimate.com.au. But we also have the wonderful Nordic Naturals joining us again on the show. And I managed to convince them to give us 15% off their Arctic cod liver oil over at TheraHealth, that's T-H-E-R-A, health.com.au, with the code LOTOX. And that is valid for their, their glass bottles of the Arctic cod liver oil in the couple of different flavors they do. Now, this is the product that we take 
take a teaspoon in the morning. Uh, me, under the guidance of my practitioner, also has one in the evening. That's quite a, a high dose of omegas, but you know, the one teaspoon a morning is a great insurance tool for immune health. And obviously, there's some really powerful research on cod liver oil and the immune system and immune support. It wouldn't be something that we've carried through in the generations as uh, a bit of an insurance plan. Uh, that's very well known in Anglo-Saxon cultures, England and America and Australia, to have that cod liver oil in the morning uh, and look after your immune health. And so for me, that's one of the principal reasons our grandmas were right. You take that spoon of omegas in the morning and it is a huge immune support. Uh, So there are many research papers on this. I've included a couple in the show notes if you're a bit of a nerd like me and you like to unpack things. Uh, But if you have a kid, a child that is particularly resistant to having it, even though to me, to my son, since he was tiny, it tastes fine. It's not fishy. You don't get fishy burping or anything like that. You could mix it into a smoothie before they drink it. You could also mix it into, say, a more like porridge-like uh, smoothie bowl uh, type situation or maybe even uh, the wheat bix if you get the unflavoured one. Um, but I actually really like putting a, a drizzle of it, the two teaspoons that we would have across the family in dinner, uh, across the salad is another way to get it in, especially if you're using the lemon or the orange. It can add a really nice little flavour kick. Uh, So just a few ideas to get it in there if you're not doing the naked teaspoon, but you have 15% off over at therahealth.com.au with the code LOWTOX for the month of September. And then a wonderful international offer from my friend Daniel Ebert at the Block Blue Light uh, brilliant website, and he ships internationally with his team. They have the most fantastic range of products for protecting your melatonin rise naturally in the evenings. They do that through their wonderful things like Sweet Dreams light bulbs, which I absolutely adore, through to their uh, light bulbs that you can actually change the um, setting on during the different parts of the day to mimic daylight transitioning into evening. You have the awesome reading lights, which are fantastic for teenagers to start dimming those lights in the evenings in their bedrooms, get the technology out as soon as you possibly can once the homework is done. Uh, And um, you have night lights that you can use if you've got bubbers and you need to be able to see and change a nappy, but you don't want exposure to the blue light for you or bub in the middle of the night. So many different options. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite options is the blockout sleep mask. So if you are someone who lives somewhere with a bit of ambient light, maybe there's some street lights out the window and you live in a city, then the blockout mask is a must to make sure that you're not being exposed to blue light while you sleep, which the research shows can actually prevent us from going into deep waves of sleep um, to the extent that we might be able to if we were blocking that blue light out. So your code there is LOWTOXLIFE15 and you get 15% off site-wide. They've, of course, got their amazing red light panels as well, which gives you a really good discount with that 15% off. 
And those are our September sponsors. So we have some great giveaways if you're connected with us on social media uh, over the month. We will be doing those as well. And now let's hook into this conversation about feeling like we are enough, tuning into what enough looks like, and of course, remembering to bring unbridled, guilt-free joy into our lives in whatever way we can at the stage we're in. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Robin. How are you? Hi, Alex. How are you going? I am awesome. Now we've had you in our Lotox Club for masterclasses on gardening. We've talked about um, your beautiful pit magazine uh, on the show in the past as well. And today we're talking about something that a lot of middle-aged women, dare I call us, <laughs> we're, we're, we're at least fast approaching, um, grapple with. And I've been talking about it with friends and uh, it's almost been coming up serendipitously in shows, having conversations about completely different topics mm. with Jade Miles from Sustainable Table recently as well. And then your email popped up saying, look, I've written this article and I feel like it's a bit important to unpack. Should we talk mm. about it on the show? And I was like, there it is. Let's just do a whole show about yeah. it. And obviously in the intro, everyone heard me allude to talking about what enough means and being able, capable of doing all the things, but really is it healthy to try and do all the things? Mm. And um, and it feels like at this point in life, the parents are getting older, the teens need more support emotionally, like it's a much mm. more... Um, cerebral type of parenting yeah. if you like and but then careers are usually at a high we're running our own business there's that whole aspect to yeah. unpack as well it's busy right yeah. and um and then you're supposed to be well and that's uh, you, the article you wrote just nailed it that mm. we often put that to the bottom of the pile and Really, we have no hope of doing all the things uh, that we want to do if we're not focusing on that well-being. But then that in itself, as you rightly point out, can be a stressful undertaking. So I want to ask you, have you had an epiphany of late or even years ago around oh, crap, I can't do it all at the same time? Mm. (laughs) Like how how has this... um, bubbled into a topic that you're interested in discussing? Well, I think it's been a a gradual thing. So I started PIP. It's coming up to 10 years now. Um, Oh, congrats. And I was, well, I was pregnant with my youngest daughter when I came up with the idea. And it sort of came into fruition when she was maybe two or something, Mm. one or two. So, yeah, so I've been doing it through, and I've got two other kids as well, so three girls and I yeah and before that I you know I'm really focused on the kids and I want to you know be present and be there and then I started this magazine and so I'm trying to do that and you know you want it to be great and perfect and everything you know working properly and you know and there's a lot of work involved in doing that and then you know also the same time we bought a property a couple of two and a half acres you know, planting orchards and veggie gardens and wanting to do all that. And, and over time you start realising, oh, 
quite a lot of work doing all those things all the time. I love you know. it. And and women often start their own business for the flexibility and yeah. to be there more for the kids. And then you're like, hold on, running a small business yeah. actually means I need to be the accountant and the tech person yeah. and the lady in customer service. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, that's actually quite busy too. Yeah. So, and I think, I think we're at first start, and also like, I mean, the magazine is about, you know, how to grow your own food, how to reduce waste, how to make everything from scratch. Mm. So, you know, which when the kids were little, I was sort of doing those things. And then it just got to a point, it's like, I'd be feeling really guilty, you know. So I'd, I would interview someone about, you know, zero waste. So, they, you know, they've got one jar of waste that's for the last five years and I'm like yes. looking at my bin going, <laughs> oh, you know, I haven't quite done that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm feeling guilty about that, you know. And so mm. I'm like, okay, I'll make all the biscuits and I'll do this and, <laughs> you know, and then we do an article on making all your own beauty products, which, you know, I do some of, but not all of them. And then, of course, the kids don't want to use that stuff. You mm-hmm. know, they don't want the homemade toothpaste and they don't want this. So I guess it started with guilt, you know, feeling yeah. guilty. So feeling like I should be doing all this stuff and, you know, my garden should be perfect and I should be present with the kids and I'm there all the time and my business has to be working really well and and just going, but I actually can't do all of this stuff. And it's actually too much and I've got to stop giving myself a hard time about not being able to do it all and I heard this great quote the other uh, day it was uh, we try and work like our fathers and parent like our mothers and this Mm -hmm. is sort of coming from our generation yeah gen x yeah or maybe even a bit you know where mothers were a bit more at home and the dads were going out to work and or maybe the mums worked one day a week. Obviously that's not for everyone, but mm. you know, so my my mum was, you know, she was always around and she was pre- you know, she did all the things. She was part of all the clubs and on the committees and mm. you know, my dad was working really hard and he'd, you know, um he'd often be up in his study at night writing papers and he'd wake up in the middle of the night and do work and and I sort of have been doing that mm. and doing the mother thing as well and it's like it's actually it's exhausting two people well and and, and I think that's why Annabelle Crabb's um keynote uh, on uh and and book on needing a wife like the concept of a wife yeah for the modern woman really resonated with so many women around the world Mm is because, oh, my gosh, I do. And I'm not saying we need a woman. That's not the concept of a wife, the person where, oh, my gosh, all the laundry is folded and ironed in a way every day. No, exactly. It's crazy, right? Exactly that point. And I think if you're going out into the world and doing mm. something kind of big that, you know, takes up a lot of time and is work, you need that support. Yeah. At home, you know, like you need to be able to come home, you know, like the good old, imagine, come (laughs) home, kids are all. Someone's prepared dinner for you. In their pyjamas and dinner's made and, you know, you sit down and have a little relax and like that's what can happen. And it's not men or women, but Mm. if there's two people, but now it's got to the point that everyone's trying to do both, you know. And And we're all trying, we're trying to do it in a nucleus which yeah. is seriously yeah. unhealthy. 
Yeah. So there's not the extended family around. And mm. so it's like you you leave. I mean, I work from home in a separate place, but, you know, I leave that and then it's like, bam, straight into driving the kids around, getting dinner organised, you know, doing all of that. And then that doesn't stop until, you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night sort of mm. thing. So it's this kind of non-stop just relentless amount of things that always have to be done. So, yeah, I, I actually, the idea of enough and came to me, I did an interview um, talking about enoughness in the building arena. Like, mm. so, you know, when you're building a house, you don't need to have the butler's pantry and you don't need to have an ensuite off every bedroom. And, um, and yeah, the, I was thinking, well, it's also in life enoughness. Like yeah. it's enough. You're doing enough. It's okay. Like you haven't made all your biscuits from scratch and your garden isn't perfect and it's a bit overgrown and maybe you haven't even grown anything, you know, mm. whatever it is that your thing is. You know, you've bought some stuff that you know probably wasn't the best ethical buy, but sometimes you've just got to do it. And, you know, when you are really busy and you're trying to do work and you're trying to look after the kids and you're trying to do everything, you need to nurture yourself a little bit in that sense. Like I remember someone saying to me when my kids were really little, um, like, you know, you beat yourself up sometimes about it's like, would you say that to a friend of yours? Yes. Like would you say to a friend, oh, you really should have done that better. You weren't doing that well enough. And it's like you need to, like the way that we speak to ourselves sometimes and give ourselves a hard time. You'd never do that to someone. Okay? I couldn't agree more. I say it to my son. He's so awful to himself in tennis matches when he's down. <laughs> like, think about, would you do that to your friend if they had just lost a yeah. couple of games on the trot? Of course yeah. you wouldn't. you got to be your friend as well. Mm. And we say these things because we know they're true as parents. But then often if we were to reflect on ourselves, we're probably not taking our own advice there often yeah. enough. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think there's that feeling that you're enough and what you're doing is enough. And if it's not perfect, that's fine. If your house is a bit messy, you've got a big pile of laundry that's been sitting there for a few days. <laughs> you know, who cares? Have, you, have you been into my house this morning? <laughs> I've been peeking in. But yeah, I mean, that is going to happen and it doesn't matter. And then, yeah, and then that going on from that nurturing is making that time to do things that fill your cup, you mm. know, and making that a priority even when it feels a bit um, luxurious, a bit yeah. selfish. It's like doesn't matter because if you don't do that and you don't look after yourself and feel good, you just get worn out and then you're grumpy or you're tired or you're struggling or you burn out and you can't mm. do anything. So, or you boil over at other people yeah. you love. Yeah. There's that too. And so so this is where it can get tricky because of the sort of hyper-externalisation of what enough or what the right thing to do in your downtime looks like. Mm. Like we are watching everybody do their things and I think that has genuinely clouded for people what truly brings you joy on the inside mm. like 
it's almost like we need to do an exercise daily to just try and dig and dig and dig until you go, like for me, didn't touch a tennis racket for 20 years, literally was my life as a teenager and picked it back up and it has brought me a joy that I haven't known since I was a teenager. Just that Mm. frivolous, I'm not doing this because of anything else other than the joy of the perfect contact point or hitting an amazing shot down the line, Um, having a tough win, like those things bring me so much joy. But, you know, my mates don't all play tennis. Mm. They all think I'm crazy for (laughs) playing against all these young men and and killing myself myself on court. But I really had to work hard to find that again. And it was Mm. almost by chance that Mm. I did. And I think like, uh, is there anything for you that you forgot brought you a lot of joy? Well, I sort of discovered something. So, I mean, I moved here to the far South coast about 14 years ago now. And yeah, I started surfing when, Ah. um, well, I kind of, borrowed a board and would go out of my home when I had the two little kids and my youngest wasn't born yet. And I had no idea and I just get completely smashed. And mm. and then I had my next daughter and I didn't do it for a while. But then I met up with a group of other mums and we would go take the kids on to the beach and take it in turns and go out and have a surf. And and then yeah, so slowly I kinda of, and you know I had no idea. And now you know, I'm, I still don't have a great idea, but I, I love it. And yeah. that just brings me so much joy. And it does feel a little bit, you know, indulgent, mm. but to just go out into the ocean and just be in the water and there's no phone, there's no one, you know, and it's just purely being in the moment and it's mm. being in nature. That's it, isn't it? It's yeah. exercise. It, you know, you sit there and the dolphins come and swim through underneath you or the sun's shining or it starts raining or whatever it is it's just such a amazing experience and yeah I just and I sneak time in my day you know it's like okay so but there's that word I have to share something with you (laughs) and some old timers from the low-tox community will know that I've brought this up before maybe but I ran this competition for a coffee um Lotox coffee brand that we work with often. They're a great um, business, carbon neutral, organic since 2004. And I was like, let's do something because coffee really is one of those moments often for people that you do take that time, that you do something mm-hmm. delicious for yourself if you love a coffee. And I just asked in the newsletter, hit reply and tell me your favorite coffee moment of the day. Like, what are you doing? Are you in a garden? Mm. Are you whatever? Every single woman bar two out of 400 used words like sneak mm. and steal yeah. and um, uh, try to tuck myself into the other. Like it was yeah. all this kind of like we're not allowed. That was the overarching yeah. energy that I got because I read them one after the other. I was like yeah. I kind of was going, oh, my gosh, they all yeah. – ADHD pattern recognition, but I just mapped it out straight away and was like, this is interesting because we genuinely deeply do not feel like we can publicly own our time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I often feel a bit guilty. Yeah. 
oh, you know, I'm right. going off surfing. Shouldn't I be working or mm. with my children? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's a sign. I think it's a sign of just how society's got now. And I mean, I'm fully one of those people. Like, yeah, I, me too. But uh, it's just, it. it's like work, work, work. You know, we've got to be busy all the time. And yeah, so going back to your first question, was this an epiphany? It's been this slow thing over the years of just, you know, and I've got to points where I'm just so worn out. And like when my kids were little, I used to wake up in the middle of the night and do a couple of hours work because it was like, oh, I'm lying here. I'm wide awake. May as well get up. I'm thinking about all the stuff I've got to do. I may as well get up and do some work. And then I'd go to back to bed. Then I'd wake up. Then I could be fully present with my kids during the day. And, you know, that was mm. the sort of, it was like, well, I'll take away from that night. Sleep time doesn't matter as long as I'm doing the right thing, you know. So I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm really glad to hear it. <laughs> but I think, I mean, it, it's hard. Like it's easy to say, yeah, go and have your time surfing and do this and do that. I think there are phases in your life where it actually is really hard to do that. Agreed. I mean, I my work is flexible because I work for myself. My kids are all at school now. Um, my business is, you know, a little bit more developed where I'm not doing absolutely everything. I mean, I'm still doing a lot and it still takes a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, I think I am in a position now where that is a bit more possible, whereas I do think when the kids were younger I didn't get much time like that to myself to Mm. well and that speaks to the phases right and owning the phase you're in like I remember seeing you know 21 year old health coaches on insta when I had a newborn Mm. in my 30s um telling me to do this and do that and meditation and my smoothies and whatever and I (laughs) I just wanted to throw the phone across the room (laughs) no offense to anyone listening right now who is a 21 year old health coach because it's actually about um I think as creators, curators, publishers, leaders in the health and wellness space, I am always hyper aware of all the different stages and seasons that people are in and always making sure people remember wiggle room, go with the flow, like whatever this is for you, bring in what you can and don't feel guilty about the rest Uh, because I think if we're going to change the culture, if if you have any kind of a voice within that culture, we need mm. to all be talking about how this doesn't need to look perfect for yeah. anyone to move forward in a way that they want to mm. right now. Um, and I think not only in that health space, but I'm always aware of it with producing the magazine I do, which is yeah. like, here's how you can make bread and here's how you can grow food and here's how you can do all this. And it's like, but don't feel you've got to, you know. <laughs> but don't, don't do it all though, they're, just saying. They're, yeah. They're ideas that. <laughs> you can you know you you choose the thing that inspires you and you put your time into that but don't feel like like the last thing I want to do is be making people feel like they should be doing all those things because Mm. I mean I don't you know I don't I think sometimes people think that you know because I do this I must have this perfect veggie garden and I must have do everything perfectly it's like yeah I do have a veggie garden and I grow veggies and but you know at times it's just mm. it's, it's a big mess and yeah I make bread but I don't do it all the time 
Like mm. I go, I go th- when I've got time and I'm inspired, I do it. And when I don't, I buy it from, you know, there's a bakery here that's got good bread. But, I, you know, that's the other thing you can support. Support the people. people who are doing it. Yeah, strategic and, outsourcing is a big part of it and really yeah. like thinking, you know, I, I said I was doing a, a, a special offer for a brand on um, Insta last week and I said, uh, yeah, this is a brand and I'm recommending it because I love their work and I don't make everything. I make a few yeah. things, yeah. but I actually genuinely love the mix of also having the space to support great businesses that make my life easier. Yeah. And that is me not living in a homesteading situation full time with nothing mm. else to do but mm. make mm. all my pickles and things and yeah. all the time all day because that is a job. Yeah. It's an unpaid, unglorified one, unfortunately, because it's a magical job. Mm. But it is a it is a time taking job nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I mean I think lots of us dream of being able to do that. <laughs> Spend our days in the garden having, you know, it all mapped out and planned and everything growing and everything's perfect and then, you know, pickling and making everything. I mean, it'd be but, great, but you okay. can't, that, that is a full-time thing. And It is. And do we wish we could do that because we know what perfection looks like? And is the reality that there's practically no one doing it? Yeah. I often think the people who are doing it the best are the people who are literally teaching other people how to do it as yeah. their full-time job. Yeah. So it then becomes their work to show mm. you how to do it perfectly. Yeah. But you're also doing your work, which is not that work, and trying to do their work yeah. and do it perfectly. Yeah. You, you see what yeah. I'm saying? And yeah, this totally. is the pressure we are putting ourselves under. Yeah by following the person who has the one jar of waste at the end of the year. Yeah. And I love that person. I'm not, not, there's quite a few of them actually and they're all amazing. Yeah. And And I'm always inspired. But I think the message that I think we're both trying to get across in this conversation is pick the little thing out of what they're doing that you think, oh, we could totally do that here and go for it and just own that awesome happy change. Yeah. And, and yeah, prioritize the things that, like for for me, I love I love gardening mm. and I love growing food and you know so that's one of my things. But you know, I used to try and be making clothes and doing this and doing it. it's like eh, I don't do that. Oh my gosh, you making know, clothes! I I, don't. I always think they're magical mystery people <laughs> who can make but, clothes. My mum could. There are, then there are other people that that's their thing. Mm. They don't grow a single vegetable. They don't care yeah, about that. That's you know? it. So it's like choose your thing that is your that gives you joy. Like I love it when I do get some time and I spend half a day in the veggie garden and just get in there and I get all dirty and, mm. you know, I pull all this stuff out for dinner and I've planted a whole lot of things to, you know, that are going to come to fruition. And But that's my thing, yeah. you know. Um, and then there's lots of other things that I don't do particularly well or at all you know and like I love making bread and I do that from time to time Mm. but not all the time so yeah I think it's and I think part of the problem is it's the Instagram social media thing so Mm. that you're constantly being influenced by what other people 
are putting out there. Yeah. And they're only putting out the good. I mean, this is an age old thing. We all know this, but, Mm. you know, people are just putting out the good bits. And like you say, a lot of the sort of people that are leading are, that is their job to be doing that. Mm. So you are looking at someone who's, it's like, whoa, look at their garden, look at all their things, look at what they've done. Mm. And then you start going, oh, look at my, you know, overgrown patch. It's just got <laughs> weeds and, you know, or yeah. look at my pile of plastic waste or whatever it is. Yeah. So I think keeping it real. And, but yeah, and, I think it, yeah. it's, it is a, it's a huge problem now of just this over busyness. And I think it's for everyone, but I think, particularly women with children who are working, it's mm. it's a big one. Yeah. And, you know, I speak to lots of different women who have got pretty big jobs and things and they're really struggling because they, they're doing that all day. And it might be something like, you know, helping um, kids who have come from really hard, background you know so it's quite a, it's a job where you're dealing with trauma and all of this stuff all day mm. and then you have to leave that come home bang you know be there for your kids and you've probably had to work late and maybe they're in care or something and you know it gets to the point you can't help people anymore mm. you know and I think in the past if you had that job you would come home and be nurtured and supported yeah. you wouldn't have to then keep on doing that yeah you know and it's yeah. So is part of this because there have been some beautiful initiatives over the years and there have been some great businesses that have sprouted up to support busy families um, and uh, women and men just prioritising different things at that time rather than scratch cooking. I think of the lovely Helen from Primal Alternative with her lovely Primalista network and you contact your local baker and you get your bickies and your bread and if especially for allergy families, I love that. Um, and there's there's a ton more like it. And then I remember there was, I don't even know if they still exist, but I loved the concept of Mama Bake, which was forming um, dinner oh, yeah. circles with like three or four friends and you yeah. all get together. So it's actually a connection opportunity, mm. which is also something massively lacking in the nucleus yeah. culture um in whoever's got the biggest kitchen because obviously you need some yeah. space and you all make a huge batch five mm. or six servings of one dinner yeah and then you all give each other one serving one serve, of yeah. all of the things that you've made and so everyone ends up with five or six dinners yeah for the week and yeah. you've had to catch up with your girlfriends all yeah. afternoon one and look we can't do that every weekend but what if you could do that once a month? And yeah. I just loved that idea of um, actively bringing back in the network because yeah. I think that is one of the keys to us stopping this ludicrous yeah. idea that we have to be doing all the things that we think we should be doing. Yeah. And I think some of those things, we had a gardening one and we would, when the kids were little and we'd all get together mm. There are some great communities like that, yeah. And just garden at each other's house and all the kids would come. And So I think, you know, talking about different phases, that was actually a great thing to do when your kids are little. Mm. So you've got your kids around and you can all go and hang out together. And they're socialising. And all play 
Yeah. Whereas I, I, I mean, those things get harder as you, your kids get older because you kind of get you, you're working more and you know, or, or the teenagers driving around. They do I really have to go to that? <laughs> yeah. Well, they would. <laughs> well, then you leave them at home and have a glass of wine and do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I think that yeah, talking about phases and like my oldest is seven, 16 now, nearly seventeen. So you start to see, it's, actually, it's not going to be that much longer before mm. I will be in a different phase of my life. Like my youngest is still 11, so <laughs> it's not. Yeah, there's a while to go. Yeah. But, you, you know, so some of these things, so at the moment my life is driving long distances for sporting events because we live remotely. Sometimes we drive three hours for a sporting game and back. Mm. So my weekends are just all about sport and driving and watching sport and and, <laughs> and the better they get at sport the further you drive yeah. is what I'm noticing yeah yeah so I'm but rather than you know at some phases of my life I've been a bit like oh my god this is so much but now I'm like this is what it is for now I'm just not I'm just going to let go of trying to think I'm going to be doing other things and just enjoy it and because I know it won't be that much longer that I will be doing this quite so intensely Mm. so I think whatever it is you know and I think I mean it's particularly hard when they're really little I remember people saying oh it goes so quickly and it's like I know no it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) I'm on my eighth nappy today and I still haven't had a shower yeah (laughs) yeah and you just you know like before they go to school it 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 takes that seems like a slow period. And I love that time. I really did. Yeah, me too. But it definitely didn't go quickly at the time. You know? Now life seems to be speeding up. But whatever phase it is, it's yeah. And I you know, and also like activities and pastimes that I think I quite like to do. Like I used to do ceramics and you know, I wouldn't mind doing that again, but I just go, you know what? Not now. You know, mm. I'm gonna maybe keep that for when I'm a bit older there's a bit less going on and do then you think, maybe I'll get back into it so that's really interesting because do you think that that is a key part of not longing for or wishing for or feeling like a victim in the phase you're in in yeah. actually very consciously saying gosh I love ceramics can't wait to get back into that when the kids are older instead of and my life doesn't let me do you know what I mean? Like there yeah. are two ways to also feel about not yeah. doing the things you're not doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I and also the thing of like going, Oh, I should do that. Yeah. I should get round to doing that. And kind of that's another little thing to be feeling bad about mm-hmm. that you haven't got round to, you know. And I actually did a little pottery course. Um earlier this year or like last year just this eight week thing and I sort of did that and I was like that was really good I really enjoyed it but yep I'm not going to try and fit that into my life now and yeah I'll do it another time but I just sort of had a little taste of it just to you know remember what I wanted to do and then it's like yeah I'm just because yeah the more you try and cram in and like you were saying with getting exercise or trying to find the time to do those things that you love to also keep that in balance so that that's not mm-hmm. something that you're and going, oh, 
I should be getting up and doing this and doing that. Well, that was a really key thing for me. I didn't, especially coming out of chronic illness, I wasn't really used to exercising and it felt laborious. Mm. And so it was almost by chance that tennis came back into my life when it did because I love it so much, like genuinely obsessed. And so I can see in your face. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. I was able to combine that. Got to move, got to exercise. Great for health with joy. And I think that's been lost in the movement piece. Like gardening is joyful exercise. You're squatting a bazillion times in a two hour session. You're bending over. It's great for flexibility. Um, You're pulling things. Gardening yoga. (laughs) Right. I think, but we forget that we can mix joy with movement and we should Mm. actually, that's a natural part of human yeah. Um, human movement was it was always quite either functional or joyful so functional in yeah. getting things done for the community or competitive um, yeah. you know fighting out in the arena in some way and yeah. um, I think bringing things back to basics sometimes remind us of how basically we can actually put a healthy happy life together it doesn't mm. need to be as complicated as yeah. we think it does so I feel like two things are coming out of this chat as we, um, as I'm trying to like bring this baby home. So people um, think, okay, I know what I need to reflect on now. And it feels like the questions could be that we ask ourselves in a bit of a cup of tea and a, and a notepad moment. What, what are your most joyful things that you can do? Even one super joyful thing that also brings you something really big. Like it just feels so fantastic when you do Mm, it. Yeah. Um, And then what is doing enough for you? Mm. So looking at all the things that you do, looking at the kids that you might be supporting in their growing up journey, looking at your work, looking and what can you consciously let go of and say, "Mm, don't need to be doing that right now. Or even back to the joyful category, love it but it's just not the right time for that right now and I'm going to own and yeah. decide rather than feel a victim of it not being in my life right now. Yeah. Feels like great. that's kind of the yeah. the yeah. exercise we could all do. And I want to ask you in terms of lately um, and let's say, let's say the kids because parenting we always feel like we should be doing a bazillion more mm. things um what have you consciously let go of in in parenting in terms of enough like what does enough look like for parenting for you because mm. I've been thinking about that now now in the teen phase it's yeah it's, tra- it's changed yeah and also I mean the interesting thing in the teen phase is they don't want you to be around all the time you mm. know that was always my big thing was to be there, be present, be there every, you know, every afternoon as soon as they get home from school and be there in the morning. And, I mean, I still am pretty much. But um, so I guess it's like maybe if they come home, I'm not rushing straight in and going, like, they're, they're all right. They don't even want to hang out with me, <laughs> you know. And like, you so, got to warm up, don't you, in the teen dynamic. It's like yeah. I'm here but I'm over here. Yeah. You let me know if you need me, yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess that's a little bit. But, I I mean, another thing is, you know, so I'm talking about all these 
sporting footy soccer games mm. that are really all over <laughs> the state, really. Um, yeah, I'm not going to every single one. I mean, mm. with three of them I can't, but it's like, and I feel a bit bad sometimes. Like I do want to be at that game that's three hours away today, but I'm, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. Mm. And, you know, so we share it with other parents and, you know, so it's just letting go and saying, yeah, I I love what you're doing and I'm really interested and I'm really supportive, but I'm not necessarily going to be sitting there watching every single game of it because I just technically can't. Mm. Um, but I think I guess parenting's probably one place that I'm not very good at saying. I mean, that's to me I guess seems to be my priority and I guess maybe it's sometimes more in the other things that I mm. let go of. So with work, for example, I don't, I just, I mean, I used to just, and I still do, I guess, but it's like, okay, that has to be done by this. This has to be done. That has, now I'm, there are just things that I sort of am letting go of. It's yeah. Like, for instance, the podcast that I used to record one every month at least, I haven't, you know, I, I just can't, you mm. know, and, you know, I have these ideas, let's do this and and I'm planning to get this bit done by next week and this bit done by next week and it's like, I actually can't do that. Sorry, yeah. it's not happening. It's going to just have to happen in a month's time because I'm not going to beat myself up about trying to do all of that. And, you know, like sometimes like events, I used to do a lot more events and because I do live quite remotely, you have you to know, be more seven selective hours about that. Drive yeah. to Melbourne, it's six hours drive to Sydney. Mm. Um, I used to sort of be pushing myself to, and I'd come home exhausted, and then I'd have to kind of do everything else. And and recently there was an event. It was going to be an eight-hour drive over the mountains and snow. And when I was, I was going to have to leave on the Sunday afternoon and do that at night. And I was really run down, and I just. I was feeling overwhelmed by it and I just woke up that morning and went, I'm not going. Mm, nice. <laughs> like, and it felt like I'm missing out on this opportunity to do these things and I was, it was going to be all these great things, but I just, it's like, no, nah, I'm not going to mm. do it. It's going to burn me out. It's not going to be good for anyone. And is that little bit of whatever positive, what it was Emotion be, or whatever, yeah. Or is that worth the personal cost? On mm. me, which yeah, it does then in turn go on to the whole family. It does. And I just spent the weekend being really <laughs> just relaxed because I hadn't, I was planning to be away. So, I ah, so you didn't have any that. other things scheduled yeah. in. And Bonus. my parents had actually come up to look after the kids. So they were here. So oh, I just lovely. did nothing and relaxed. And, you know, come Monday, I just felt great, felt really ready to get back into everything. And, as opposed to just being absolutely wiped out. And, and here we go again, yeah. which is often so, a Monday vibe for a busy parent who works. Yeah. So I think I think it's sometimes those things are just going right. And I, yeah, just, and I, guess- slipped, I just slipped in the word a busy parent who works and, and, and really it's every parent who has yeah. an official job title or works on the home because that fills up as a, a million things to do as well, just as easily yeah. as running a business or doing a job. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's for everyone in that phase of yeah. life. Mm. Yeah. And um, 
I just another thing with the parenting is it's that trying to do everything perfectly for them. Mm. So trying to live like eat, everything's got to be healthy and, you know, like it's only been recently that I've started going, we could just have cheese on toast for dinner. <laughs> and I very rarely do it. Like I'm still like, yeah. uh, like every night I've got to cook a full meal from scratch and, uh, and I still pretty much do do that. But just recently I've gone, oh, Maybe we don't, and the kids love it. They're like, mm, oh, same with so mine. Good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And oh. I think it's it's a beautiful example to just say it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. Yeah, we don't want them growing up just perpetuating the same things we're trying to live up yeah. to. If yeah. we've already recognised that that's not healthy, we've got to break yeah. that cycle. Yeah, and that's the thing. They look to you, not consciously, but. I think as a child you look to your parents and just take in how they live mm. and you tend to emulate that yeah. on some level, whatever it is. But So, yeah, you do have to set examples and, and not try and set this example of trying to do everything perfectly, mm. but inside you're crumbling. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And not doing anything that makes, like they need to see you super happy as well. Yeah, and taking that's, time to go mm. and do something that's just for you Go out with your friends, go and do something, mm. and you've got a life too. And, you know, mm-hmm. my kids love seeing me do that stuff. So, yeah. Ah, <clears throat> oh, Robin. Well, that was uh, a chat for the soul, I think. Oh, I think a lot of people are going to feel a bit, um, a bit comforted, hopefully, a bit relaxed, and hopefully, are going to take the time to journal on what is enough for you right now in terms of what you're getting done. Yeah. Um, what you can impact, like be empowered to let go of and what what brings you a ton of joy that you could be bringing back in so it all just feels like it works better because there's time for you in there. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. I think finding that thing that brings you joy and fills your cup and just making whatever stage of life you're in, just making a little bit of time, even if you've really got none and you've got little kids and you don't get a second like you were saying before, hiding in the cupboard of having your coffee. Having a coffee. Yep. I had a friend, I've got a friend, she's got like two sets of twins and another, and she Ooh, was wow. telling yep, me how she busy. used to hide in the pantry to have a, I can't remember, have a little treat. It's like you just, whatever you do, just to get that moment of joy. Yeah. It's, it's for you. There's a, there's a reason people end up binge watching those fantastic content creators, the US mums who do those reels on, you know, everything is going mental around yeah. me. You know, like I, I, yeah. I just got lost in one the other day and it literally took me back 11 yeah. years to having a toddler and going, yeah. oh, my gosh, that really is what that's like. <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Robin, and Pip Magazine, one of my favourites to recommend to our community so thank you so much for doing what you do um, to bring that out well thanks for having me on the show alex and that is today's show thank you so much for tuning in a reminder we have so many fantastic shows in our archives these days if this particular topic was helpful to you head over to lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast 
and click on the podcast directory, which gives you food, body, home, mind, and environmental health topics segmented so you can see all the shows that we've done in all of those areas and head straight to what you want. A reminder, we also have 10 fabulous e-courses that I've written with various doctors, naturopaths, health professionals, and experts over the years to support you on your low-tox journey, whether it's making daily swaps, getting ready to make babies, looking after your inflammation, you can hit the courses tab on lowtoxlife.com to explore those. And lastly, I would love to meet you on socials. Go and head over to at lowtoxlife on Instagram or find us on Facebook. It's always such a pleasure to chat and see how you guys are going when you share favorite shows and share them with your friends. I absolutely love that. A little reminder, of course, that all of our shows are not intended as medical advice. They are intended to open the minds and hearts of people and maybe help you explore something you hadn't considered yet, but please always check in with your health professional. And one last little request, if you have time to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, that would just mean the world to me because it helps us get out there and have other people have confidence that that thing they're considering pressing play on is absolutely worth it. I'll catch you for the next show you tune into. Thanks for joining me again. This is Alex Stewart, founder of Lotox Life.